get all dressed up for me? Yes. Oh, thank you. What a pleasure to meet you. What are you doing? You We've know, met a couple of times, actually, I think. I was drunk. <laughs> we were in the service. I thought I had to. <laughs> look at your outfit. You look like Lola Falana. In thank you. Oh, and that's a compliment. It, it I love a, Lola Falana. Lola Falana in 1970. Are you kidding me? The body of bodies, right? Everything about Lola yes. Falana. Is the she first... still with us? I don't know. I think Lola Falana might be passed on. <laughs> Unless you Well, the now, first... now you've ruined the show. <laughs> <laughs> Lola Falana's dead. I'm so sorry I had to come <laughs> on here and tell Good you. Good night. Good night. Lola Falana is not longer with us. Well. Uh, what's really crazy, the first time I met you was, and I didn't meet you. I just, I, I'm pretty sure I forced my introduction on you, um, was at Dublin's. Jay Davis room on Tuesday nights, and you walked in oh, with this tall, oh, beautiful black woman. Oh, she I, looked like a showgirl. I think that was my lawyer. Oh, no, I wasn't your <laughs> fucking lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember saying, oh, fuck, Bill Maher, and he's with a black girl. Oh, Hell yeah. And I was like, Bill Maher, you know, and you was like, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, it was Lola Falana's mom. It was like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, you know, um, I love beauty and all. No, but I love, I love that she was with a black girl. I was like, I knew he was fucking well, it, cool. You know, people. Can I now that you brought this up? You know, people think that I have a thing. I have a, th I have a thing for beautiful women. Yeah, I think I you know, like women. Like Robert De Niro has a thing like... For black girls. Right. Like, if you walk in a room, he would only be interested, which is fine. Whatever floats your boat. I'm just saying, I'm not that guy. You know what I... I told him. I told him I was like... Right. You hated me. I've never sought out one race. You just <laughs> sought out the beautiful girl in the room. And also... You the, seem like that... That's, also that the ones them. I get along with tend to be like the beautiful the, ones with the fun ones fun people okay. are, are who i'm going to hang out with and they just happen to be beautiful ass women well i would say they often more often turn out to be black people you know white I'm people just are just more uptight they are okay so let's tell them you're white tell them well they know <laughs> <laughs> they don't they don't need me to tell them and they don't really care and so they are, they, people party with who you want to be relaxed. This is what the whole, this whole thing is about. Yeah, because I was is, like, this is a setup Isn't right it here. a great room? Well, I, well, yeah, it's that and kind of a nightmare, but like. Why? Well, I mean, this is the room that you don't want to be walked into at 9 o'clock at night. Why? I mean, it, it's if just, you don't know who's here, you know? This well, is, you're here. Seems like a Playboy I mean, We're the only like, ones. We're the only ones. Seems two. like a porno. A porno? Somewhere in this area, just no. It's it's somewhere by the pool table, maybe. maybe. There, I mean, you could shoot a porno in there. You're not wrong about that. But no, I mean, this whole property is insane. Well, to me, this is the crown jewel. Is Club Random, and I am very happy to have you here. I and live right I, around the corner, by the way. Where? On oh, Dale Grove, oh, off of Coldwater. Don't Water. say. They'll be right around the corner. So my friend was like, are you going to go to Bill Maher's house? I was like, I'm literally, he's going to wow. wake up and go, I woke up to Leslie Jones huh. yelling in my uh, window. <laughs> do you have some weed? I do, and I brought Well, oh, I brought weed, too. Oh, okay. Uh, so how long have you lived out here? I, I, you know, what? I was an L.A. person before I went to SNL. I lived in L.A. since 82. Oh, okay. And what do you think of it? What do I think about L.A.? Yeah. I fucking love L.A. But oh, when, I, went, when I was in New York, though, I used to have to have a hatred for it because I didn't live there. So every time I would come back here, I'd be like, it's like an ex-boyfriend that I don't get right. along with, <laughs> that we haven't settled that shit. But right. I always wanted to be in L.A. And when I got off SNL, I came straight back because I was just like... That's funny. That's very reminiscent of my life because when I went off to do Politically Incorrect, my first show in the 90s... I had to live in so New York. Good. Oh, thanks. I, I had to go. Your show now is so fucking Oh. Good. I love oh, when you do that thing yeah. at the end, when yeah. you go the fuck off. Right. And I love <laughs> when you just check the shit out of people. Like, I love it. I, oh. I, it's one of my favorite Thank shows you. to watch because you really do go the fuck off. And it's just like, thank well, you. I, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, TV is almost all bullshit. So... I mean, I'm not going to participate in that party. 
and I never have. But you I never, mean, I was just going to say, I don't remember you ever participating in the status quo. I mean, the sign is right behind you, politically incorrect. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was the sign we had on the show. I brought it here. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the only thing I know how to do or want to do. It it certainly causes you a lot of problems, as you know, because you're, I mean, you're very much the same way. You don't pull any punches I'm and, too old. I just feel right. like... People will come at you if, you if you do that. But you know what? Your bond with the audience is so strong because they appreciate that. Even when sometimes they don't agree. I mean, when I started Politically Incorrect, they said, you can't do a show like that where the host renders his opinion on controversial issues because half the audience will not... I'm like, let's give that a try. Let's give I, it a try I, and see. I bet you, like in life, people can disagree with me and not hate me. And not hate you. And they and don't. That's what we are at the point of that we can't even conversate with each other. Right. No, we it's, can't get anything solved because no. everybody wants to be right. And everybody who you don't agree with is not just somebody I don't agree with. They're evil. They're bad people. You're a bad person. Right. And fuck that. That's, so that's what I'm always trying to fight against. And um, you have a drink? I have this liqueur, but what you about oh, to yeah. drink? Some, you, you about to drink some uh, tequila? <laughs> yes. I like that. Um, I have, what do you, what do you drink? Uh, I'm just drinking liqueur. I don't really liqueur. drink. Liqueur. How, how I refined. Really I love that. I mean, I mean, I don't drink unless I need to drink, you know? Yeah. Is well, like, I, I very rarely, I save my liquor. For when you really want to drink. <laughs> for like this. I mean, I could only really only have a few drinks a week. And so I save it for like club random. And people and, don't understand that when you get older, that is a real thing. Well, otherwise you'll just look horrible. You just look fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yes, especially me. No, you look, yeah, I was no, going to because, tell you, you look great. Well, but, but the whiter you are, the worse. Because things, everything just shows up more. Yeah. You know, I mean, it is a kind of a... You see the bumps and bruises and... But you look great. Thanks. I mean, but as I said in my last special, when people say you look great, they should be a Chiron for your age. Because if I... <laughs> because... <laughs> see, I'm thinking, I'm 54, so I, I know. 54? I'm 54. Wow. I didn't think you were over 50. Well, thank wow. you. I appreciate No. That's amazing. Yeah, I appreciate it. I feel 37 wow. today, though. <laughs> and how much weed do you smoke? Oh, a lot. And I'm not going to... I've never... <laughs> that's one thing I've never hide. I've never hidden. Why should you? Well, you know, I mean, I'm thinking back in the day, you probably couldn't say that you smoked weed or whatever, but I've never... I'm a grown-ass Well, woman. you couldn't say it to TSA. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, but you could say it. I but mean, you, you can, just... <laughs> you know, I just never, ever, that's not something I've ever hidden, you know. So whenever people find out I smoke, I go, yeah, I, I never kept well, that a secret. I mean, it's almost more rare not to smoke. I mean, obviously there are people who don't smoke, but uh, it's at the point now where I don't even think about it when I travel with the small amount I do. I used to worry and be very paranoid because... First, no states had it right. legal or even medical. Then it was some states medical. I'd be like, okay, I can go to this state if I have this letter from. Yeah, the I got away in an airport. They they had and it was a, you know how they used to put it in the medicine bottles. So I think I had it in a bag or something. And they was like, yeah, you know, you got this. And I was I pulled out my medical card and it was like, well, you can't smoke it on the plane. I was like, I'm not gonna smoke it on the fucking plane. But they gave it back to me. Oh, and I, got I, I would I like, never put great. it someplace like that. I, mine was. So hidden underneath in my underwear. I mean, yeah. It was like it well, was. And just... I, that's why I was surprised when they found that because I usually had mine too. But I, I right. think I was feeling myself that day. Well, <laughs> well, apparently they were feeling you too in the in the security. Because I got caught in Canada with weed before. in the security line. What? Oh, on my birthday, because like. Oh. No, dude. The day before nine be... eleven. Oh, oh my god. The day before nine eleven, dude. I got caught with weed in Canada. Boy, if that doesn't put weed into perspective, you know, can you imagine holding somebody on 9-11 like, you're a lawbreaker and we can't allow this society to, uh, yeah, they just knocked down four buildings. <laughs> Literally, it was, because I remember they, they, they fined me, because it was like it was only a small amount, so they fined me and they took all my money I had made in Canada. 
And I was like, all right, well, I went home broke. I think I went home with $100. But I was like, okay, at least I get to go home. So were you doing stand-up in Canada? I was Canada? doing stand-up in Canada. Oh. Kenny, Kenny Robinson, I want to say it's Kenny Robinson. Now what year is this? This is 2001, if this it's 9-11, maybe right? like, yeah. So yeah. is that, were you uh, well into your stand-up career? Oh, yeah, I've been doing it for at least 20-some years then. I've been doing it for a but while. That's 20 years. <laughs> it's 20, 20 years ago. Jesus. When did you start stand-up? 87. Oh, 87. Oh, well, sweetheart, I hate to tell you, but you've been doing it for 35 years. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Seems well, that's like not, that's not that far from when like, I started. It doesn't sound like it's a long time, but no. it is. I, I mean, I can't believe it. I've been doing it over 40, you know. It's like, because when you say that, all you could think of, I can anyway, is like when I was a kid watching TV, and there'd be like the old comics on TV, George Burns, you know, Dan, who never, none of them did I think were funny. But, but do you think they're funny now, though? No. You well, don't. Well, some of not George Burns. He's, really? He's, he's okay, funny? Okay, no, not even like just give him the funny, funny, not give him the funny, give him the credit for the yeah. joke writing or the performing. I, I mean, sure. He, right? I, well, he was a charm, he, obviously a charming, nice man, and he was trading on a affection that the audience had for him because, like, okay, so if I'm watching in the 70s and 80s, these are audience members who were older than me, mostly, and they remember him from radio. Right. And from Gracie Allen, from that shit, you know, so George and Gracie. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, that was when he was in his prime, and I think he was probably the show with Gracie, who was his wife, his real wife, right? And she played dumb. You know, the old saying, you have to be smart to play dumb. She, But she played like the, you know, because in the 50s, every woman had to be dumb. That was like the cliche they fed into. So she was the dummy, and, and I guess he was the exasperated husband. I don't know. I'm sure I'd fucking not like it now. Right, right. <laughs> I can like it then. Right, but it's as a stand-up, you don't but, think that that was... Well, I just think audience, times change, audiences change, eras change. This is why I'm always up the ass of the woke people who want to get a time machine and put their standards on fucking Columbus or something. It's like, shut the fuck up. You know what? Where whenever you live, you would have been the same asshole. You wouldn't have known. You would you you'd have had as much worth, information as they did, and you thought the same way. You're speaking from a different type of perspective. So I don't like, a, I don't, like when I watch fifties. Like there was another show in the fifties, your show of shows, Sid Caesar. Did you ever hear of that? Sid Caesar. Okay, yeah. Um, another oldie when we were <laughs> young, mm-hmm. who, who the audience remembered fondly. He was the biggest star in the 50s. Like his show of shows was all the like great uh, writers who wrote on that show became huge stars. They, he, the writing room was Woody Allen, Carl Reiner, Mel Brooks, and I'm leaving some out, but like this amazing murderer's that. row of writers who were his writers. That was the writer's room. Like, we all know so writers' no rooms. wonder he was killing. He was killing then. I saw they were, they, Showtime made a movie of it years ago called 10 from your show of shows, like their 10 best sketches. I mean, I my view was I could swallow a can of Kodak and puke up a better movie. This, wow. just because it was... That first of all, it was right after the war, mm-hmm. right? This is when the show was on. The audience was just like giddy because the fucking war was over. They were right. like ready to laugh at anything, anything, and they Cause did because this shit sucked. In my view, I mean that's no, but that, I mean <laughs> that, like, the only thing that I give up for is because at the time was you you were able to do comedy. Comedy was living like. If uh, tell me any other comics that were doing comedy at the time that they was doing comics, like tell me all the black comics that was doing comedy when Sid Caesar was on, like was Bill Cosby, was it Red Fox, was it? Uh, Bill Cosby certainly overlapped because he was uh, uh, '60s. You know, Bill Cosby was a big star. Bill Cosby had, I mean, before the unpleasantness came out, um, you know, Bill Cosby had an amazing career that had different eras that all were quite amazing, and he was quite the revolutionary at times. I saw saw it. It's a shame that... I saw the the whole, and I was just like, it's a damn shame. Oh, it is. Because it's not like, it's also not like he was great, great, great uh, 
and then he became this pervert and this horrible monster. He was always the horrible monster at the same time. That's what that's what skews everything for me now is when I see it, I go, well, fuck was like all these wonderful. I used to be a fucking Bill Cosby head. Let's do it again. I was going to when I made it, I was going to redo. Let's do it again. I was going to do Uptown Saturday Night. I was going to redo all these movies. And now when I look at him, I go. How many girls was in danger on that set? Oh yeah. Did he fuck Disney Nichols? Did he? Everybody. Like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, Everybody. He was like, a, like did Sidney Poitier know? He was really an insane person. Do like, you think Sidney Poitier knew? Sidney Poitier on what movie was that? It's Uptown Saturday Night. Let's do it again. He Mother did like, Jugs and Speed. It's a lot. Yeah, I mean, he did like three or four movies with Sidney. Well, I mean, it's in the title. That's not a very good title, Mother Jugs and Speed. But okay. Um, well, I must say, I never liked Bill Cosby as a comedian. Really? No. I you know, I, I never I thought he was. I respected him as a comedian. Never thought he was funny. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, with I the thought, clean. I thought the dad is I, great is will always be the one that I remember. I, dad is great. He gave us the chocolate cake. No. That is the only thing that I will always remember. But a Cosby Show was my shit. I have to say, it was my shit. No, didn't like that. You know, and all of his movies. I loved all of his movies. Never liked him in any form, really, except I Spy. He was so cool in that. And as but himself, like, as, yeah, a, as, as a talk show it, guest, I liked it, him. What, but every time I look at any of that now, yeah. I go, I thought he was all corny. the girls but do you remember, were in danger. Oh, yes. Well, they were. We are supported by Signal Wire. Remember all those futuristic movies where they had flying cars and crime prediction software and super hot love robots? Well, it's halfway through 2022. The future is officially here, and I'm still waiting to fall in love with a robot. You know what else I'm waiting on? Video chat apps that work reliably in all network conditions or that don't slow down or crash our devices. That's where SignalWire comes in. SignalWire is an advanced cloud platform for building the communications applications of the future. With SignalWire, you can create any real-time communication app with far better audio and video quality that actually uses less bandwidth and doesn't slow down your users' devices. And with SignalWire, you can completely customize the user experience and integrate it within an existing application or website with ease. Most importantly, SignalWire makes it easy to figure out. Whether you're a developer, product builder, or just someone with a cool idea, SignalWire offers APIs, SDKs, and even copy and paste code snippets to help you make your vision a reality fast. Visit SignalWire.com random to sign up for a free account or book a demo. Get an additional 5,000 video minutes for testing. Go to SignalWire.com random and build the future of real-time communications. Go to SignalWire.com random today. The wait is almost over. Football season is about to start, which means you won't have to talk to your spouse until February. Kidding. Get ready for the NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action for opening night? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. Get up seven points, you win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Hear that, Giants fans? DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code RANDOM to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code RANDOM, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Do you remember uh, Flip Wilson? Do I? Now, Flip Wilson, I liked a lot. He had his Flip own... Flip was one of the funniest yes. motherfuckers. and I See, thought... Geraldine yes. was fucking perfection. Right. So, so when I you forgot, talk about yeah. men dressing up like women... Because, you know, people have that little conflict with that, which I think you're a genius if you can do it and pull it off right. He was the one that pulled off that in a way that 
I don't think no one has ever been able to come off. Like, that fucking Geraldine. You mean drag? Yes, I love Geraldine. I loved her. But he, yes, I mean, that that character, and wasn't he Here Come the Judge? Yeah, yeah. and okay. then, you remember he had, um, you remember he had, Flip Wilson had a show, you But remember? that's what I just said, he had his own show. He also would come on The Tonight Show and do stand-up, you know, and it was like, it wasn't like joke, joke, joke. I remember seeing him, oh, it's too bad we're not the kind of show that can just like then dial this up from the archives and show right. you the clip, but maybe other people can. It was... The day maybe after they landed on the moon in 1969, and he did a thing. He must have written it like that day or something, and it was just this monologue of, I think, like, as I recall, like a family talking to each other about it, you know, that moon, that kind of stuff. And it was like, I remember being blown away because it was just... They were patient. The audience was more patient, no, correct. No, the comedians were patient. Well, because, what do you mean patient? The timing. Yes. I mean, to be able to tell a story like yes. that and, you know, have the patience. But, again, you you couldn't get away with it today because the audience is less patient. Absolutely. The audience had more of an attention span. That's one reason why when I watch this old stuff, I'm like, come on, get to it. Because even I am young enough to be like, oh, please. I know what this punchline is going to be. Well, and also it's just taking you too long to get there. Yeah. You know, give yeah. me the... Yeah, <laughs> I need my six, yeah. you know. Yeah, uh, but Flip Wilson was amazing. Now, I mean, did he, he write was, with anyone? I thought he was. Oh, I have no idea. But I wonder if he, he wrote was, with anyone. I th I just thought he was hip in a way Cosby wasn't, and just cool. I don't know. You know, it was like I didn't want to be Bill Cosby, but you Flip, to be Flip. Well, Wilson. Flip Wilson. Yeah, I mean, I was. I, I knew I wanted to be a comedian when I was like eight. Right. You know, I mean, I never, ever had a part of my life where I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Whereas I meet kids, they're like 25, they don't know what the fuck to do. Right. I always knew. You knew, you, always, you always the same way? You, no? I had no clue until, ooh, you I see that spider? A spider. Um, wow. I had no clue until I actually walked on the stage and touched the mic. When was I, that? that? In college. I was, uh, it was uh, 1987. And my friend signed me up for a con contest in college. And as soon as I touched the mic, it was like, it was almost like I can see my life. Wow. I could, I, it's just almost like I had been doing that. it already 10 years. Like it amazing? felt like home. I, I immediately knew I was going to be a comic. I was had, like, had you written stuff? No. And what was no? so No, you scary? mean you went on with no, I went on and talked about what my, you were going to say? I talked about, I just imitated a comic. I imitated Richard Pryor. No, I imitated Eddie Murphy, actually, because I was like, this is what Richard Pryor or Eddie Murphy would do. Wow. And I talked about my uncle. I talked about white and black churches. And I did, I don't even, and then I talked about my grandmother because my grandmother had real big breasts. And that joke right now would work today. Like, because it was a story, because it, it was a true story. But but you didn't plan this out at all? None you of it. Come on, you didn't I, even say, okay, I'm going to talk about churches. I sat down when she told me. I was like, because I'm, I'm a Virgo, you know, you got to be organized. I sat down and I was like, okay, if I go and do jokes, okay. Who told you? Uh, my, my friend, she told me she signed me up for the contest. Oh, a friend signed you she up. She signed me up for the contest, my friend in, in college. Wow. And um, I was always funny. Because they saw you. I was always yeah. funny, but I just didn't think I was funny. I just right. thought that I was imitating funny people. You know, you need people like that in your life. Oh especially because you don't know. I mean, even though I always knew I wanted to be a comedian. I was too shy and not confident nearly enough to say that to people because I thought they would laugh at me like, oh, please. Yeah. You th oh, you want to be a comedian. Great. I want to be an astronaut. You know, right. That kind of thing. So I just never, ever said anything. But when I was in high school, the English teacher, who now I, I, <laughs> that I look back, I realize was very gay, but Aww. at the time, I was so, I, you know, we were very sheltered where I grew up in my uh, little suburban enclave there. And it just never really crossed my mind. I never thought about it, yes or no. I mean, now they'd have drag queen story hour <laughs> when, right. when I was eight. But, you know, back then we weren't, I, I was not aware of these kind of things. I, I knew what homosexuality was by that point, I'm sure, but it just never crossed my mind. Now I look back and I'm thinking, oh, of course, this erudite, Elegant gay man had the sense to recognize in me. And what he what did he, he say suggested to I be the MC of what I guess every year they had what they called the pop show. <laughs> Although after me they did not because 
I stole a lot of jokes from Johnny Carson, which was late night, sophisticated television, and it was way too risque for the uh, the audience, which laughed. I think I remember at the time, but like there was all complaints from a lot of the girls' fathers after, because I had said things that Johnny Carson said, you know. So uh, yeah, but he, but that was the first time. I got on stage, it was high school, and it was emceeing. It's kind of what I've always been doing and wanted to do. But I don't know how it would have gone if that teacher hadn't had, told you. you know, he's he, the first found person who independently, because again, I never said to somebody, I want to do this. He mm -hmm. saw it in me. Mm -hmm. So it was like, okay, I'm not crazy. Somebody else sees this. That wasn't my plan, but that's how it shook out in my mind. For me, it was more of like, oh, I was funny. Oh, I didn't. I mean, I I thought that I was saying funny stuff, but I ain't know people actually was laughing at what I said. And for her to be like, yo, no, like you're funny, funny, like you need to get yes. on stage. And when I got on stage, I'm telling you, it just felt like all of it came. It was like poop, 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 and I was like, oh shit. Oh, I, a comedian. I'm going to be a comedian because I always be like, yeah. oh, I'm going I'm to be an actress that's going to play Whoopi Goldberg. That's, that's what I thought. <laughs> well, you know, there are people who uh, I feel like are just born to be comedians or sometimes actors, singers. There's lots of people in show business who just want to be in show business. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the thing about show business is you can be in show business if you really insist. If you insist on it. You don't really need to have a lot of talent to be somewhere. And we have seen that. And we have seen it many times. If you really insist, I, I insist, I will be in show business and must be. You can be, you can work. You just can't reach the top echelons. But then there are people, and whenever I saw you, I thought, oh, yeah, that girl, that she is doing what she is supposed to be doing. And really... Nothing else would be the right thing for her to do because I don't. I, I, always, I think I would have been a basketball coach. Well, but you were one of those SNL players who, the second you walked on stage, all the eyes went to you as they should. You know, you just owned it. It was, and it was, it you was, never looked uh, from the beginning. You never looked the least bit um, worried about how it would turn out. You never look freaked out. You never the looked, update no, desk is what the update desk when they put me on the update desk. I remember Bobby Lee saying this to me. He was like, if they put your ass in front of the camera, it's over. And I was, they, they, and I, they were talking about putting me in front meaning, of the camera. Meaning that if, if you get in front of it, they hired me as a writer. I didn't hire me as a cast member first. Oh, I, I didn't was a, know I that. was a writer. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I came out and auditioned with a bunch of people, but they just asked me to stay as a writer. Huh. So um, they, they had been talking about me being on the update desk, but Bobby was like, if they put you in front of that camera, it's fucking over. And uh, they, when they gave me that update, the update was just like doing stand-up, but just sitting down. I was like, "Got this shit. That's that's eats. You want me to do this? This is like fucking <laughs> taking candy from a baby." You know, the first update, they was like, "You were nervous." And I was like, "Bitch, I was doing stand-up. That's I was just sitting down. I what ain't was never." The, what was the bit you did? It was a joke that I had been doing for six years. Oh yeah, um, that is easy. It literally, literally was about. You know, all our jokes is from my life. I was, and I wrote this joke 10 years before I started actually doing it. Uh, I was, I went on a bad date. And this is real talk. I went on a bad date. I came home and I was in the middle of the floor. And I remember I was eating cold spaghetti. And I was like, this is a goddamn shame. Because if I was a fucking slave, I would have all the best men. <laughs> they would try wow. to breed me. Yeah. I would have Denzel, I have Shaquille, I have all the fine motherfuckers. And every every nine months, I would be giving them a fucking breed, baby. Wow. That's I, I, I just remember that coming to my head, yeah. and I was like, I can't even get a fucking quality brother. And I was, I'm the best thing on the fucking plantation. And I just remember saying, that'll be funny, you know, one day when you're talented enough to do that joke. And then I started doing it. And I think the way that I started doing it was, it was just funny when I would do it. And... Uh, they called me in the room and they, see Spider? They called me in the room. Yes. And you're gonna kill it? Well, it didn't it's do me anything a, to you. Okay, you're right. And it might be killing like other ants or something. That's, that bug did not come out to be killed today. It was just like, 
That's not the kind that I like. There are certain spiders. Is that a Black Widow one? Well, it's, it's it, Black Widow. I have no idea, but it's it's anyway. Go on with your story. Don't let, don't let the spider get in the way of our fun. <sighs> oh my god! No, they called me in the room, and I had two jokes. I had uh, this joke about um, uh, texting. I had this joke about over texting, and I had I called it the slave joke. It's what I called it. I called it the slave joke. And they was like, well, we want you to do an update on the texting and the slave joke. And I was like, those are two different jokes. I was like, so it's one or the other. I was like, those don't go together, so you have to pick one or the other. And they was like, uh, and I was like, yeah, y'all want me to do a slave joke? And they was like, yeah, but they didn't want to say it. So I was like, it's a good joke. Yeah, let's do it. Fuck it. So we wrote it. It's a ballsy one. It's it's, it's not even that it's so ballsy as much as you got to be talented to perform it. Well, Because when I would do it, it was just as simple as that. It was just like if I was on the fucking plantation... I would have right. the best. I would be recruited. I think I was. I would be the number one but slave yeah, draft pick. But I mean, that SNL audience is a really liberal woke audience. So, like, even a black person doing that joke, there you have to understand white people, especially the liberal ones in places like New York and L.A. They have a, a, a kink of of self loathing. So you mentioned plantation, and they right away are like. Oh, my God. I'm like, I always want to say to them, you didn't do it. <laughs> you didn't do it. I mean, but, it's like... But I could see an audience freezing at that because it's just... Too oh, my pl- God. It, I where, would do it in L.A. It, I'm talking about the white people. And, and, <laughs> the black people LA. would be fine no, with it because it's no, funny. I, the black people would get mad at me. No. Oh. I'll tell you this. Listen. They would? When I do that joke, I would do that in white clubs. I'm telling you, that shit would... I mean, rush because I would come out. I'd be like, I'm the number one. I'm the number one slave draft pick. I'm going to Arkansas, Nebraska, trying to get me. It was just like if the whole joke was an intricate thing. In in L.A. In L.A., I would do it at the parlor all the time, a Jay Davis show all the time. It would rip because it was a it was a genius joke. That's the joke that Chris saw me doing okay. at the comedy store when he told me the SNL. So wait, about and you're it. saying black audiences got mad at it? Well, black audiences, you know, when you do in a club, people laugh. But when I did it as an update, white people thought it was hilarious. Black people, oh my God, well, oh you was up there talking about it's okay for a girl to to be uh, breeded, and I was like, oh my God. Are you listening to the fucking joke? Like, that that show you not listen to the joke. I remember one time I did this club, and I was I was ripping. I ripped this club, and this black guy comes up to me. He was like, yeah, I wasn't. He was like, damn, you were so much funnier than I thought. I wasn't really a fan because, you know, you called black women niggas on SNL. What? The fuck are you talking about? And and this is what this is what pisses me off about stuff like that. It's like, you, you, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So I said... Where did I say it? He was like, you said it. And I was like, show me where I said it. Show me. Pull it up. And pulled out the part where you saw me say that. I said, because that, I said, that right there, you going off of misinformation, off of something you didn't even go and fucking research and see if I said it. No, I didn't call black women niggas. I said that if I was on a plantation, I would be breeded because I am a mandingo. And I would have all the best men that come. That's what I said. It's the fuck? Like, and it, 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 what pissed me off, I, I told people, I said, if the, jinka, the joke is so fucking genius, you should be proud that I even wrote a joke like that. I mean, it's just not a dick joke, is it? No. What you expect, right? You expect a fucking dick I, joke. I'm so, so surprised. Oh, my God. When I say... I had bitches from Essence come out. I mean, I had so much shit. And, and, and it's so, it, it made me so disgusted because I go, do you know how fucking hard? I would have did that. I've done that joke a billion times in all kinds of blacks and white. And now you get mad? Is it because I took it outside? Of what, like, you, you're, you're surprised to see a black woman be smarter than what the fuck that you see some of these other women do? Oh, I'm so sorry that I'm not just talking about dick. <laughs> Or how the shower doesn't get in your pussy. And, and who does that shit? Oh, it's, that's the <laughs> most un. Oh my God! When I say when I first when I first started, my goal was to write better dick jokes than men. 
I remember the first time I did. Oh my God, I was so good. I was so good. I remember TK Kirkland coming up to me one time going, Women ain't supposed to talk like that. You can't be talking about dick. And I said, You talk about pussy and you don't have no pussy. I got a pussy. Why would I not talk about it? And I said, I bet you I know more about your dick than you do. We are supported by Wine Enthusiast. Summer is winding down, but the days are still hot and sunny. And if this climate keeps going the way it is, soon it will be summer all year round, which makes it even more important to properly store your wine. Now's the time to get those wine bottles out of boxes or off your countertops and protect them with a wine fridge from Wine Enthusiast. Wine Enthusiast designs and offers the largest selection of wine coolers for every drinker, every budget and every size collection up to 600 bottles. Plus, expert wine storage consultants are available by phone to help you find the right fit for all your needs. Wine Enthusiast is the premier destination for the wine lifestyle, offering an incredible selection of unique wine accessories, glassware, furniture, wine storage, gifts, and more. Here at Club Random, our guests have been drinking from this awesome custom Club Random logo glassware that Wine Enthusiast sent us. Visit WineEnthusiast.com or text the code RANDOM to 511-511. And from now until Labor Day, save during Wine Enthusiast's Labor Day sale. Save up to 25% on wine cellars and fine furniture now through Labor Day. Text RANDOM to 511-511. Text RANDOM to 511-511 today. Certain exclusions may apply. You may receive up to one additional text. Message and data rates may apply. Text stopped to opt out. You know, when I started comedy, I had already met crackheads and and hoes and and pimps and drug dealers. So when I got into comedy and these motherfuckers would try to be gangster, I would just, oh, floor them. Who would try to be gay? Oh, my God. Any motherfucker I stepped to. And when I got into the game... Well, who are we talking about, though? Are we like, talking about just... another comic? Yeah, you know. <laughs> like who? It was so... Ju- it was so Wait. funny because you'd be like, you're not a gangster. You're- Wait, so you're saying the comics were trying to act hard? Oh, at- it was so hilarious. And I'm like, I'm from Compton. I literally just saw someone get shot. And you are telling a knock-knock joke. There's right. nothing scary about you, motherfucker. And when I got, when I started, but it you're was not a looking room. for a scary guy, are you? No, but no, it's not that. It's just that they was they would do <laughs> the know. women like that. They was trying to always intimidate the women. I That's am. what I should have started with. Because uh, <laughs> you know they would always be like, if you go on the road with me, you gotta sleep with me. And I'm just like, I wouldn't. Whoa. I wouldn't fuck. Oh, let's back up to that. I wouldn't fuck you with my enemy's pussy. And I hated that bitch. Do you understand how much I hated that bitch? And I still wouldn't let you fuck her. But that's what comics say nowadays? Not now. They Uh, they don't do it now. But, I mean, that was a thing to say to the the female comic, you go on the road. Are you fucking? Really? Are you fucking? Wow. Are you fucking? That, That bald. No tread on that tire, you're saying. Just, are you fucking? Are you fucking? And and I was fine when I started. Like, I was fine as fuck. So, I, I, so I'm i not going to mention the names, but a lot of motherfuckers came at me. And women went for this also? Some, some did. Some, some did. Some, you know, some, well, some did. Because they maybe felt like they had to. And some women was doing that too. You fucking, you coming on the road with me. I mean, it's it's what it was. I just, I just was like, none of you bitches could ever even ill right <laughs> right it's so interesting oh it's just I, I, what the, I think we could have some war stories like a motherfucker well I mean I don't have war stories like that and that's you know something I've been lucky about I mean life is a complex mixture of advantages and disadvantages right. for sure um, that is one thing I've been lucky for I didn't have to have be coerced to go on the road to give up my sexuality, and I would have happily, because I certainly wasn't getting any from anybody in those days. That's I, I would funny. love it if somebody had said, uh, are you fucking? Because the answer was no. You'd be like, <laughs> nah, like I'm not you. Like, well, Oh, man, but, you, you wouldn't yeah. believe some of the shit women have to put up with. Oh, you know, here, here's an interesting story, or maybe not. It's certainly anecdotal. Let me just start and just put the big headline on it. It's anecdotal. It's one person, but it is a real story. Uh, uh, a woman I know, now late 20s, okay, went into the Navy, 
in 2017, very attractive. Yes, African-American. What, you're looking at me like... I'm like, oh, what's, how's the story going to end? Not badly. Oh, okay. But <laughs> when she was about to get out, uh, or close, it was come, you know, like a year away or something, I said, well, now that you're, you could see the end, tell me about, we were catching up, you know, I said, tell me about your experience. And we were talking about the Navy, like some really hairy things, like fucking sleeping on the beach in Saudi Arabia. You know, when they deploy, they fucking make them sleep on the beach. You think that spider was big? Said there were spiders this fucking big on the beach in Saudi Arabia. But I guess we were... Oh, would not sleep! I guess we were guarding the oil. I don't know what we were doing. Oh, my God! You know, I'm just saying, America spends like so many zillions of dollars for the military to do all sorts of things which are unnecessary, but it's who we are. Okay, anyway, <laughs> so she, I said, and got her, I said, and what about racism? Where was, where was that on the scale in your time in the, in the Navy? Again, this is one person. Um, I said, you know, was it uh, you know, <laughs> on the scale of one to 10? And she said, I personally never really saw racism in the Navy, but sexual harassment was every day. Mm. And that must have been hard, being on a boat with the motherfuckers. Right. Again, anecdotal. I'm sure someone else could say something else, and I'm sure there is still racism aplenty in not just the I'm military, sure but... Micro, micro... Yes, everywhere in society is still something that we should this is, uh, this work. Is the thing but of, it's so interesting it's that we are it. kind of monofocused on that. And very often the thing that fucks up you... I mean, in her case... You know, it wasn't racism that it was made sexual her, harassment. her sexual harassment. I mean, can you imagine being around because a bunch of men? Like, uh, right. I worked, I was a, I was a. I and was, men who were young, who grew up in a kind of post, I mean, I'm not saying, again, that racism still isn't there. But if you're a 20-year-old guy, it's like racism is not a cool thing. It's not cool. Anymore. But the way it was, bitches is. No, I mean, and it's certainly too, too acceptable in too many places and with too many people. But, yeah, I can see how 22-year-old guys on the ship, even the white Ooh, ones, I weren't just, like... Scary. That wasn't their idea. But, it was that, like, but that's more scary than... I would rather for them to be racist than to be sexually... I, I, well, when I was young, though, I was such a different. I was. I had that such masculine shit. I knew how to handle dudes like that. But see, just even saying that shows you how dangerous it is. Because I learned how to handle that. Like I remember being a right. A, you. Uh, I mean, you need a very strong man because you're a strong woman. I mean, you know. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and guess, funny. Men are. You don't so, even have to be funny. I really want. But you him to, are. And I want him to you be are. corny. You are funny. Yes. So that's intimidating to a lot of men. And that's so, that's, see, now I was so, laughing because I told everybody when I was on my way over here, I was like, Bill Maher is going to find my boyfriend. I could. I think that you exactly know. I certainly could pick him out in a lineup of who, of, wait, of, <laughs> like, who isn't going to. He will to, be in a lineup. Oh, sure. <laughs> 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 I like him tough. That's baby. a scream. That's a great joke. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, of who is not up to par? Because I could um, I could eliminate like five of the seven contestants immediately because I just know. So can I? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking eliminate. I just know that ass. they they would not be strong enough for you. It's it's not even and, about strong enough. It's about know. being intelligent and having well, that just being too. a real person. Well, that too. Just a real person. But like, also, you want. I mean, I'm getting in trouble for this, but say it. I will. Big believe dick. Me, believe me. No, well, that too. But um, it has to be. I'm six well, feet that tall. would be part of what I was going Good for, which is like Please I think stop you, bullshit. no matter how strong a, a woman is. It probably feels good at a certain when we're point. we're fucking taken, uh, just thrown around. Oh, thank you for saying it for slap me. Slap me around a right. couple. Not slap, but you no, know, grab not my... literally, we don't No, 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 no. This, <laughs> this is when, just turn this, into something else. It's like the old days of TV when the no. screen just goes to, this yeah. is a... <laughs> or that, that little be back. Exactly. <laughs> like the, this is a warning <laughs> system. Okay. Oh, my God. No, um, no, I, no I, we're just saying that... Uh, at the height of at the height like of passion, men. right? At the height of passion, I mean, if a guy is not passing out some weak shit, he's going to make you feel a way, perhaps that feels good and is not 
what you're normally used to being so like in control and the strong one and not, the not, smart one. Not, I am completely submissive you know, when the door closes. There you go. You know the phrase. Completely submissive. Fuck when the your door brains closes. out. I'm telling you, I it's had a, real a four-year thing. booty call with an Israeli, and it's, he knew exactly what to do. Is that right? Oh, my God. I love Israelis. And what are you, Meshuggah? They smell, not still with they him? They smell good, <laughs> and they fuck like black men. I love what, what, why, where, where did he go? What happened? Oh, I'm pretty sure he got deported at some point. I'm someone, oh. somebody snitched so on him. So you don't even know? Somebody snitched what, on him. What, you were so intimate with this guy for so long? I, it, nah, man. It, this SNL saved my life from this dude. dude I, just, I had to start... I stalked him at the same time we fucked. We was fucking at the same time I was stalking him. But what happened to him? Where, 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 I mean, where, he just what went, happened to probably the went back to Israel. But you don't know? This seems like a relationship. Why would I need to know? Fuck him. He needed to be out of my life. Oh, so he was, he was toxic? Bad. Oh, it was toxic as fuck. But the sex was good. The sex was fucking incredible. Right. It's very hard. I have a saying. It's like, why uh, is it like that? Between me and me. And that is uh, water rolls downhill. And what I mean when I say that is like, you know, you can try to be the this kind of person and this kind of person and like this kind of thing and this kind of thing. But at the end of the day, water rolls downhill. <laughs> it's going to roll. And, you know, you know, with me, it's going to roll to... <laughs> what I like, and I don't want to apologize for it. I, and it's, I and just what, started and, doing And what that. I like is not going to be an age-appropriate uh, librarian. I, it's I just not. Water just rolls started, downhill. I literally just started telling myself that. Stop telling yourself that you're going to be accepting when the dude shows up and he has a small fucking dick and he can't no, fuck. Right. That's not, I mean, no. I've even had dudes that have small dicks that can fuck. It doesn't matter. Here, Here's my analogy with why basketball is like a great lover. Because to be a great basketball player, an elite basketball player, you have to have three things. But you have to have all three. Okay. You have to have an incredible passion for the game. Mm -hmm. Now, if you have the high basketball IQ, then you're going to be in that stratosphere with, you know, Michael Jordan and LeBron and blah, blah, blah. Okay. But you can be just a really elite player. If you just are a gym rat and you just badly want to be great. Then you have to have skills. You just have to have skills. You have to Something. shoot. You fundamentals. You at least you, have to have you, fundamentals. Well, yeah. Well, to be an elite player, skills. Past right. fundamentals. Past fundamentals, I can see on Venice Boulevard. Right. Okay. okay. You I have to have you. skills. You have to know how to fucking execute a yep. reverse layup without thinking right. about it. Okay? Being able to... And the third thing you have to have, which is my analogy with lovemaking, which would be you have to be the passion for it. You have to really love doing it. You have to not just want to come. Exactly. You don't want to make her come. Okay. It's not That's good one. It's and then you have to have skills, which takes time to develop. But yes, you can have skills. The third thing, if you're a basketball player, what's the third thing you have to be? If you have the passion, you have the skills, what else do you need? Passion. Height! Height! As the coaches say, you can't teach height. You cannot be a great basketball player. You cannot oh, be God. an elite basketball Wait, but let me finish. You can't be an elite cannot one. Be you can be a good one. An elite but player. But you can't be an elite player. Even the guards are like 6'6". Six, six. Okay, there's been the occasional Muggsy Bogues, but they don't last long. There are two liability on defense. You have to be tall as well as passionate and skilled. And it's the same with lovemaking. You have to have a certain tallness where it counts or you can't be I on mean, the at great least for level. Me, I mean, I feel like the size fits the person. So a short person can do that. I'm six feet tall. But it actually tall. doesn't. Tall, I'm six feet tall. You can be tall and have a small dick. No, I know. But I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying that that dick, though, might fit a shorter girl and she might cool. I know girls who like small dicks. Me, I'm six feet tall and I'm rough. <laughs> you know, you got to have some girth, motherfucker. Like, it's, have some girth. In such a lovely way, though. In such a lovely way, such right? Such a lovely way. Such a fucking lovely way. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, when you used to do that um, thing on the show with, I can't remember his name, but you... Colin? Whatever. Colin? No, the other one. You pretended My to be boyfriend-girlfriend. Oh, uh, Mikey Day? No, no, I don't think that's him. Around the office... He either had a crush on you. The, oh, Kyle. Yes. 
Yes, you ran that bit back a f- more than a few times, right? Those were the most torturous what? pre-tapes. I I don't think I started like account until but the last it year. But cracked me the fuck it, up. It cracked everybody because up, and I never just, understood why everybody thought well, that shit was can I so explain, funny. It, can I explain why? Yes, it's so funny. I think is because of what we were just talking about. Because he just seemed like the last guy in the world right. who could ever satisfy. Right. The great Leslie Jones. I know. That's what. That's what. That's what killed me about it. This is not funny. And we would do stuff, and people would be like, "You are literally the best actor." I was like, "It was." That's why. That's what it was. That's what it was. Oh my god! Is that you? That guy. It would. It's like the old joke about the (laughs) the mouse who's fucking the elephant. (laughs) You know. How the fuck is that even possible? Tight, huh? Uh, but <laughs> it's just, it's just ridiculous. But yeah, that was, you did a lot of great stuff. So why, you didn't want to do it for, you didn't want to keep going? No, nah, man, show? you know. That's a I, burnout show. Oh, man, a hundred hours. That's, that's just, that's not only physically and mentally hard on right. you. It's a hundred hours a week. Right. It's two jobs. It's almost You like, become a beast afterwards. But when I started that, I knew, because if I started in my 20s, Hell yeah, they probably did. Now that's almost seasons. like a, you know, there are government jobs, yeah. like chief of staff, that people only last two years, even yeah. though it's a four-year term usually. May, some last the whole time, but it is so demanding. It's very, it's that very. That you can, like, you can only do it for a certain amount of years. And I feel like, well, just from what I know from the gripe, grapevine, that that show is kind of like that. It's that so demanding. It's very like it's that. It's a little like a hitch in the military. And you you got to be right. like, man, you got to be fucking strong. And that, I mean, you got to be strong. It makes you a beast, though. It makes you a beast, but man, fuck that. I, and then living in New York, too, now, maybe if we did it in LA, right. it might feel a little better. Right. But having to deal with New York I never, and do yeah. that show. Oh, it's that's, that's again. So that shit was hard. So parallel to my experience, because when I was in New York to do politically incorrect, I was not a happy boy, because look, I I grew up as a uh, the suburbs in New York. My father worked in New York every day. I went to the city as a kid with the family whenever whatever. When I moved there after college. It's like it. It just never agreed with me. I grew up in the suburbs. I liked the suburbs. Like here. Yeah, I mean, I like, it's a fucking hard city. I, I don't like living in a building. And the it's pe- and it's, hard. And it's hard. And I did not get along with the women. That was the main well, reason. I'm going to be honest. That, that's, that, yeah, the bitches, they could be bitches. That, uh, <laughs> it the just, whole it women like, are hardcore out there. Like, you, know what? you have to be, if though. I, the city is if hard. I, if I may extend the basketball analogy. Okay. Here women in New York, no layups. It was always playoff defense. Like, you go into the lane, and you are going to get fucking swatted at it. <laughs> you going to get a it couple was, of block was, shots. It was Jordan rules. Yeah. That's what I felt. It well, was to, like no, you know, and really. That, I'm, to hear that, I'm just no like, No easy oh, wow. ones. None. So they're just, they're just very hardcore. I, I, I because just, the city makes them that way. Right. It's, I always say that. It's a kind of a vicious cycle because I have heard the tales from women of what guys do, and they're very aggressive. You know, it's the guy on the sidewalk. Hey, hey, how you that, doing? Well, how you doing? Hey, well, hey give all, me a smile. What, are you too good to smile? Hey, smile at me. Hey, well, hey give me what? a smile, ladies. Also, people don't give credit to the city itself. Just living in New York. Just it's hard walking. Oh, I agree. The weather, the, the weather. dirtiness, yes. the trains. Right. It's hard living there. Period. And too, so to too live crowded. in the city, that shit makes you a hardcore right. motherfucker exactly. already. Exactly. So the women you seeing is just surviving winter like right. a motherfucker. So that's what I always say. I was like the men, the men there. I couldn't get with the men there. I just it was just so many different groups of men and right. they just all were fucking weird and none of them really liked me. I mean, when I came out here to California, I got laid more in one year than I did in the whole 6 years that I was in New York. That's what I say. I, it's amazing that you and I have this parallel Well, you think it would be so the opposite. I thought I was going to get all kinds of men when I started SNL. I thought I was going to get all kinds of men. Nothing. Really? And I would stand yeah. by and no. watch them other bitch-ass men no. get women. You'd be like, you are a fucking idiot. Why do right. they like you? You're an idiot. 
you know what? You just either vibe with a certain city or you don't. There are certain yeah. cities I've known as a comic. You must know the same thing. Traveling the country, you just even the vibe. way they handle weed. Oh my God, the way they handle weed. Like they never ever heard of weed. Some it's like when I would smoke. Oh my God, the lady next door would complain, and I'd be like, "Bitch, I'm not the only person smoking on this floor." And fuck, why the fuck you care? There's a bitch smoking. There's a bitch cooking curry across the fucking hallway. You don't smell the fucking curry, like bitch. As if curry still coming in my fucking apartment, I'm gonna smoke whatever the fuck I want. Oh, you made me drop the I'm joint. Sorry, you make funny bitch. <laughs> <laughs> You know it's true. That is so true, though. Curry, right? Is it? There I mean, was no time that I didn't. Come. I lived in no Harlem disrespect when I first to the wonderful Indian no, people. No, no, it was. I, I, I yo, can. I would go crazy. I would come home. It was like garlic, curly. I'd right. be in the elevator. I'd be like, and Jesus, wept. I can this say this is the worst. I can prefer the smell of pot to the smell of curry without being a racist monster, can't and, I? And, and can't my I? Thing, and it's my it's thing is, just a personal but my taste. My thing is, if you gonna complain about the weed, complain about oh. the curry. Right. You know what I'm saying? I smell your shit. Right. You smell my shit. Like, I, it's not pork chops, but it's fucking weed. That's right. what I'm cooking over here. Okay? So, but and, I would, and I'm the type of person, like, if this is my apartment, I'd do what the fuck I want to. If I, As long as I'm not killing rabbits in this motherfucker and turning them into platinum. Killing <laughs> <laughs> rabbits. Just taking rabbits oh, and dipping them in platinum. You bitches. are like, too much. You know, as long as I'm not doing that shit, leave me the fuck alone. I but, knew I'd like you. Oh, my God. I'm telling you. Mm. It's so funny, though. Oh. This. So when I got so, to L.A., I was what? like, ooh, yeah. I got to oh. find my man out here. So you got to look for me a man. Oh, I will. And I will show you the picture of I'm the good at of that. I like. You know what? I'm good at that. I know. Uh, see, I'm not... I don't think anyone could accuse me of being good at keeping a <laughs> one single relationship of mine going, g given that I'm 66 and I've never been married. You're 66? But that, yes. Oh, shit. But that has been by design. Um, I mean, I never really wanted to get married, and I... Yeah, you look <laughs> like I've a bachelor. You, you seem like well, a... Well, and also I'm suited to be a bachelor. But I, am all, but I have been very good at uh, finding someone for someone else and doing that. And I love doing it. I okay. love well, it. Well, then you I, have got am, your hardest yes. project, sir. No, it's not a hard project at all. Sir, it's an easy project. Sir, and I will tell you what I like, sir. But I have Ooh, to... I, I like them terrorists You know what? I know what you like. <laughs> <laughs> I like them to look like they're going to blow my house up. I can see. Yeah, um, uh, after they blow it, I, I, I think I know what you like before you even have to tell me, because because you because you are me. I think we we're very similar. It is. It's not like even that. I'm like like I do like the no. pretty boys, but I like. No, I get it. I think it's pretty. You like want, if you I want like masculine yeah. energy. Oh my God, I just like them to you, be hairy. I mean, I I know that masculinity just, nowadays they can is, cry, but is toxic, like, and we're very toxic. But you know what? Life is complicated and nothing is perfect. There's a certain amount of toxicity in everything. Like these fucking things we're smoking and the drinks. You know what? I mean, so yes, we're a little toxic, but Jesus Christ, you can't get... There's no win-wins. That Whoever taught America that term should I fucking wish stick their head stopped, in the oven. I just want everybody to stop trying to be Jesus. Just stop trying to be Jesus. You <laughs> Stop. Well, don't tell it to my gardener. His name is Jesus. Hilarious! Yo, for are real. You, are you mocking me? No, I love oh. that. Oh, okay. I'll tell you, that's the comic statement. Well, listen, um, before I go, I want to mention you have a podcast. Yes. And, and you, like, there's too many of them, but you are really someone is. who completely deserves one. And should have one. And you one. want to listen to mine. I do. I do. Because the rest of them, I don't know what the fuck they be doing. Because you're such a, you're a natural and you worked at it. You know, you're both. I like and you have a big dick. So you've got those three things that make you a great lover. It's so cute. <laughs> and I love to use it. Uh, okay. Well, I loved meeting you. I know. I Hope you had as good a time as I did. I did. did. Okay. You were so crazy. Me too. Oh, so my God. So come back 
anytime. Uh, don't even say that when, even I, when even I, when we're not filming. I, I don't say that um, because I live close because, to you. Because and you'll wake up right, to me going. I will. But, uh, wake up. Is, this is a good place to party, isn't it? I mean, couldn't it's, you see? You know why I love it? Because you can't ruin it. Well, like it's you can you, you can just be down you, and dirty you can, here. Yeah, can, but look, I'm just look saying, at this floor. You gotta it's, get people spider, to find an NDA before the you come. Spiders in. all around. It's it's concrete. You but can't. You gotta, wreck you gotta it. get people to sign an NDA before they come in here. No, because shit can happen here. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Just, just, just be nice to people, and they won't sue you. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, you, I you know. Talk to your lawyer <laughs> about that. <laughs> I think I think that's funny. I know I've had way too much fun. <laughs> But but I will say this, if you are nice to people, it cuts down on like ninety five percent. It does. People, it does. People generally. But people still will sue you. People, yes. <laughs>